joined by Fritz Neighbor of the Daily Interlake in the actual studio this time. Got the got him in the laboratory here. Good stuff. Talk a little Bobcats football, a little FCS playoffs, all that good stuff. Fritz, if there's anything you want to kind of get started with, if not, I got a couple questions for you, but wherever you kind of want to go with it. No, fire away, man. All right, fire away. So Bobcats are coming off a playoff win against a very familiar opponent. They played them earlier this year and beat them in Weber State. Now they're matched up with an opponent that, personally, I know almost nothing about other than Cam Newton, former NFL star, his little brother's on the team, and, that, and he's been going to the games. That's all I know, really, is Cam Newton's been at the games. Do you Can you tell the audience or tell me a little more about William and Mary, anything you know, I guess? Yeah, um, you know, they've uh... – I noticed just doing some notes, note-taking a minute ago, you know, they've been to the semifinals twice. And both years they lost to the team that then beat the Grizz for the national title. They Interesting. Lost, they lost in 04 to James Madison. They lost to 09 to Villanova. Um, in between, the Grizz lost in 08 to Richmond, and the head coach of Richmond at the time was Mike London. He catapulted from there to Virginia, didn't go as well. Now he's the head coach back in the FCS for William & Mary. His team's 11-1. and one. Um Pretty stingy defense, pretty solid running attack. Uh, they got some stocky kids. They have a nose guard named Zyquan Besant that's 5'10", 285. All right, yeah, they old school rec- stout. Yeah, they have a receiver named uh, Dreshawn Kendrick who's 5'8", 195. I haven't seen a dimension like that on a receiver, even in the old days under Don Reed. They had some short ones, but they weren't uh, – that's stocky. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else other than old uh, Panthers receiver Steve Smith, but that's about it. Not a lot of guys built like that on the outside. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting build for sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, William & Mary is uh, out of the CAA. That's been a – for a long time was the probably the power conference. I think that's that status now belongs to the Missouri Valley. Um, I'm not sure how good they are. They lost to Elon, which rather famously picked up Matt McKay, the former Bobcat quarterback. Um mm-hmm. So that's their one loss. They've had some close wins, including one in Hampton, which is in the SWAC, which isn't generally a very strong conference. It's it's hard to say, but they run the ball really well. Their quarterback is a sophomore named Darius Wilson. Um, he's, he threw for three – or he didn't throw for 300 yards. He threw for 260, but the team threw for 300 yards last week. So they have a couple uh, wrinkles. Kind of sounds familiar to me, uh, a, a little bit like MSU. You know, they they have great quarterback play. They have a great rushing attack. Um, I think their defense statistically looks a little bit better, but again, it's a it's a conference versus conference matchup. Cats have never played the tribe before. Should be fun. Should be interesting. I wish it was on a little bit earlier, but yeah, should be fun. Yeah, no, it should be. All all that said, and then plus the weather. Who knows? Maybe if that turns out to be a factor. But no, it's always interesting when you get these matchups, totally unknown involved, especially in the playoffs. You did kind of mention how. Missouri Valley Conference has kind of taken over as one of the top conferences. I did want to ask you, the Big Sky was, you know, one of the better conferences in the FCS this year. This offseason alone, Weber State head coach Jay Hill was just named the BYU defensive coordinator. Cal Poly head coach Bo Baldwin's off to Arizona State, along with Charlie Ragel of Idaho State. So you got two guys heading to the desert there. And then Troy Taylor's now getting looks for Stanford jobs. So, the big, uh, the big Sky was stacked this year as far as coaching goes. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the level of coaching and then kind of what it could look like next year with a d- bunch of different sets of coaches on the horizon. And my last question kind of leading up to, do you think Bobcats coach Brent Vegan could maybe be next getting some phone calls or at least some looks because they've been rolling? I know. he's. It seems like Vegan's been there forever. He's only been there two years. Yeah. Um, he only has one league loss 
That was to the Grizz a year ago. Uh, he's done a great job. I think if they continue to power up, and it seems like they will, I mean, their old lines are really good, and they're young. And uh, Tommy Malott, who today was named a sophomore All-American by Hero Sports, is a sophomore. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of loaded. They could, use, they could have Isaiah Fonse back last next year. He's a senior this year, but he's only going to get him four games at most, so they can red, medical redshirt him and keep him another year. He'll have maybe a second master's degree by then. And, uh, you know, Viggen's got to be a hot name. Maybe not yet, but he will be. I, I, I think uh, it's only a matter of time. He's done a really good job. He's a great hire by the Cats. I mean, I think Jeff showed uh, – kind of left him high and dry, you know, resigning when he did in the spring. And then a couple weeks later, they, they get vegan. It's, it couldn't have gone any better than that route. And, uh, yeah, Troy Taylor leaving Sac State. Uh, you wonder how they would uh, do. It's, been, it's taken Sac State a long time to take advantage of a really good recruiting base and to put together some good teams. I mean, you know, like in the 60s, they were good at the Division II level. But, uh, you know, once they joined the big side, they weren't very good. Um, not consistently good anyway. So, you know, that would be um, all of a sudden Bobby Houck is, uh, <laughs> you know, the veteran coach. That's kind of what already, I was thinking. Yeah. He kind of already is. But, you know, it's, it's his fourth season back, I think, this year in his second tenure. And, uh, you know, it's hard for teams to stay consistent when they change coaches all the time. So we'll have to see how Sac State might recover. Troy Taylor hasn't left yet. Yeah. Uh, Weaver State, Jay Hill did such a great job. I wonder if – I think I heard a rumor that they might draw somebody over from BYU. Interesting. Um, Idaho State, you know, I, I think Regal, if he'd been able to stick around through his health issues, he, he might have been uh, able to get uh, things going. They play pretty well at times. Mm-hmm. Flashes for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Baldwin. He, well, Baldwin, I, I really thought highly of him. I like his demeanor and his comportment. And uh, the numbers they put up at Eastern Washington were great. The passing numbers they put up at Cal Poly this year were pretty good. Um, Paul Wolf was another guy that preceded Bo Baldwin at, at Eastern. And so I think he'll keep trying to build that program up, um, you know, past the one win they had this year. I think uh, that's the best-case scenario for them. So, I mean, we're talking about two teams that weren't very good in yeah. change coaches. But, but yeah. So they have no real, really nowhere to go but up. Yeah, no, very true, very true. And I, just interesting stuff because, I mean, that just shows it was a stat conference this year and – I do think the Troy Taylor stuff's interesting. Of course, Stanford, you mentioned the recruiting in that area. It's like, hey, let's just move them up uh, down the way a little bit, keep the recruiting going because he's already got the foundation. So that move makes a lot of sense. Speaking of uh, current Bobcat coaches and cu- current Big Sky coaches, I did want to ask you a little bit about the legendary Bobcats coach who's been life's been celebrated this week and all that, Sonny Holland. Just if you had any stories about him or just kind of what you could share with the audience about his impact on Montana State football and the Bobcats over the years. Yeah, I kind of preceded my time. I was I think I was 13 years old, and I remember watching the Bobcats beat Akron for the 1976 Division II title. I just told everybody I'm in my late 50s. <laughs> um, you know, obviously a legend. He was a starter and a team captain as a freshman. Um, they won kind of a they, – they shared a small college title in 56, and he was a key player for them. For the Bobcats then, he comes back 20 years later, leads him to a national title as coach. He stuck around Bozeman. Uh, Butte native, and, uh, you know, they, they call him the greatest Bobcat of all time for a reason. A little bit of foreshadowing, I, I found a guy that played for him uh, out of Columbia Falls, Steve Crack- Crocker is his name. 
and uh, he's going to be my column in tomorrow's paper. There we go. And he, um, you know, he's told me about how, you know, when he was coming out of Columbia Falls, it was 71, and the Grizz were coming off back-to-back appearances in the Camellia Bowl, 69 and 70. So they were kind of the, the big kids on the block. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, in school one day, and he got called down to the principal's office, and there's Sonny Holland. And Sonny Holland sat behind the principal's desk, and they just chatted for a while. And within 20 or 30 minutes, uh, Crocker decided he was going to be a Bobcat. And he was a really a very good running back uh, for a couple of years for the Bobcats. And they won a ton of games during the six-season span that ended with the 76 national title. Crocker was done in 75, but things were building to that point. And um, – no, it's an interesting guy. I let you know. I, I wish I'd met him. I kind of missed out. It appears <laughs> I met a lot of people from MSU, but I didn't really get to make, run into Sunny. Yeah, but uh, you know, he's a legend for a reason. Yep, definitely greatest Bobcat of all. Says it says it in itself. I had to ask a little bit. Figured you had a little story there, and of course, yeah, you did. That's it. I mean, I think the recruiting story is interesting because it just shows it was the type of guy that gets a player in the room, it's like you want to play for him, it seems like. So that sums it up kind of. So last uh, question I had for you, and then, of course, as always, anything else you want to throw out there? I, I kind of was looking at the bracket and kind of the history of some of the FCS playoff stuff. And historically, it's like you look and you had James Madison, Sam Houston State. The Bison have always been kind of going into it. You're like, the Bison this year, you know they're almost unbeatable. It feels to me a little, at least, like this year's a little bit more wide open. Some different names on the horizon. We mentioned the Hornets finally kind of knocking on the door with playoff success. Do you think this is the most um, wide open you've seen the FCS level in a while? And do you have a favorite to win it all at this point? Well, I think if I had to pick a favorite, it would be South Dakota State. Okay, yeah. They seem to have at least caught the Bison. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been good for a long time. Uh, Stiglmeyer has been there for a long time. He's a veteran coach. He reminds me a little bit of the guy that finally got one with uh, Villanova in 09. You know, so, yeah, the Jackrabbits are tough. Uh, the, they've been the best team all year in the best conference. I think they're the pick. I don't think uh, Holy Cross has much of a chance against them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, North Dakota State, you know, they, they looked uh, fallible a couple times against the Grizz. Uh, those four big runs they had. You know, they got out on them after a while. Uh, a couple key plays went against the Grizz. The f- face mask that wasn't, that became a fumble that shouldn't have been. Yeah, that was for, a tough one. For one touchdown, uh, the Grizz had a fumble erased by a, a defensive holding call. Um, in fact, it was Hank News that forced it, and fellow Glacier grad Patrick O'Connell that recovered it, and then it didn't count. And, and NDSU went on to score on that drive as well. Um, so the final score... Maybe not indicative to, to uh, how close the programs are. At least that's what Bobby Hawk would like you to believe. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't blame him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty balanced. But SDSU's got to be the pick until somebody gets them. I don't know if anybody's going to get them. Yeah, I was, I was leaning that way a little bit. And then I, I believe they do have a win over the Bison this year. So you kind of have that rolling into the playoffs. Um, I, sh- I should note. Yeah, MSU on its way to the national title game last year beat SDSU. So, oh, so the, yeah, there's so, always that. Yeah, yeah. kind so, of little chip the on the shoulder, a yeah. little something on them. Yeah, I think I think I, the way I look at it, maybe it's a little bit of bias to the region we are, but I keep thinking Sac State, MSU, and South Dakota State, those three teams, and then, of course, the Bison, you know they're going to be there. So it's like those four teams have been leaping out at me. I'm sure there's some other teams that are going to impress this weekend that I wasn't aware of. But, yeah, South Dakota State and their quarterback, everything's kind of rolling their way. And 
they're going to be the team to beat. So, yeah, great stuff, Fritz. If you have anything else, feel uh, free to throw it out there. If not, always appreciate it. I think I'll go back and crank out some copy. There we go. All right. Thank you, Fritz. Appreciate you. You bet, Josh. All right. Thanks again to Fritz for taking the time. Talk a little Bobcats, a little FCS playoffs, a little Big Sky Conference. Exciting time to be a Montana State Bobcats fan and a fan of the Big Sky Conference in general. It was really a jam-packed year, and I'm really interested to see what it's going to look like next year with a few new familiar faces on the sidelines. And depending on what happens with Troy Taylor at Sacramento State, might be a big change if Sacramento State's looking for a new head coach and potentially... You know, could there be a drop-off, or do they find somebody who can keep that train rolling because they have developed into an FCS powerhouse and a big sky perennial threat to win the conference? So that could have a big impact on both the Bobcats and the Grizz moving forward. Real quick, we'll get to a stat of the day for the Bobcats. We're going to get to some audio from Coach Brett Vegan, and we'll wrap this thing up. So according to the Bozeman Daily Chronicle, the Bobcats have punted just one time in the past three games during that stretch, MSU has scored 19 touchdowns and made nine field goals. That pretty much sums up how things have gone for the Bobcats down the stretch. When you've uh, punted one time over the course of a few games, that pretty much says it all. And I will admit, watching the Bobcats, I kind of kept thinking, I'm like, does this team ever not convert on third and fourth down? They always seem to put themselves in one of those positions where it's third and short, fourth and short. And if it is a third or fourth and long, whatever, and they go for it, they pull it, grab it out of the hat and hit a home run. So, They've been converting at a crazy rate. That team really puts himself in a position to succeed. Let's get to some audio from head coach of the Bobcats, Brett Vegan, on a little scouting report on this William and Mary team they have on the horizon this weekend. Um, like I said before, we're excited to continue to be playing. Uh, this is the, you get to get to this point in the season. Um, you're doing a lot of good things, and then on the flip side, you're going to be playing uh, against uh, good teams, and that's what we have um, in William & Mary coming in here, a team that uh, won their league, has found a way to win close games, um, has the same record as us, 11-1. and They had a real dominating win this past weekend, and you know, they're a team that uh, you know, certainly has our full attention. They uh, you know, offensively are very explosive, can run the ball really well. In Saturday's game, they put up 300 yards passing at the, at the same time, and defensively um, has a unit to really contend with. So you know, we're, in a, uh, we're in a week where we play Friday, um, we've adjusted. Uh, we we sped up a little bit the week, I guess, as, as far as that goes today with our practice, and and look forward to the opportunity to play on Friday night in in front of uh, not only our crowd but a, a national TV audience. So with that, I'll open it up. Sounds like Coach Vegan and the Bobcats are definitely not taking this William and Mary lightly matchup very lightly. They're giving it their full attention. They're treating it as they should playoff game. Doesn't matter how much you've been rolling because everybody this time of year is one of the best in the country. So well said by Coach Vegan. Let's move along to some thoughts from Coach on the dynamic offense of William and Mary and their quarterback. Yeah, offensively, they're, they got the potential to be really uh, dynamic and deceptive. Um, and he's certainly the catalyst. Uh, runs well, um, you know, has, has good rushing, rushing stats, and then he can, he can throw it too. And, and you know they use they use him in some different ways. They put some other guys in that quarterback position, not necessarily quarterbacks, but they they snap it to a bunch of different guys. Um, they have good running, they have good skill, good running backs, good uh, um, good receivers, and they utilize them a lot of different ways. They move them around in a lot of different ways. Uh, good O line, good tight ends. Um, 
you know, they have the ability to run the football. Um, I think they're over 270 a game. That puts them in the top five rushing in the FCS. And then, like I said, they threw it for 300 against Gardner-Webb. So um, explosive offense, and, and he is certainly the, the key, and he is a talented uh, quarterback. Fritz and I spoke a little bit earlier, and Fritz did mention there are, you know, this William & Mary offense almost sounds a little bit like the Bobcats. And when you hear Brent Vegan describe it like that, it sounds a lot like the Bobcats offense utilizing multiple position players at quarterback to get a different looks, moving guys pre-snap. So feels like it's going to be a little bit of a strength versus strength matchup for Montana State on the horizon versus William & Mary. It's going to be a battle of whose defense can get more stops and whose rushing attack can get out to that early lead. Speaking of kind of that defensive complimentary football, let's get some thoughts on Coach Vegan and William & Mary's style of play with that complimentary style. Um, so they've been, uh, you know, they've, they've offense, defense, you know, much like we want to, they've really complemented each other through the course of the season. You know, in big games, um, close games, they've, they've held on the leads, they've taken the ball away defensively, and they found ways to score on offense. So um, really impressed with, with what they, uh, they put on film. That's one of the, the things that's made the Bobcats so impressive down the stretch. They do play that complementary style of football. And now they have an opponent coming into their house, and William & Mary, who's going to bring that same style. It's going to be an evenly matched battle, it sounds like. Brett Vegan and that Bobcats coaching staff's obviously preparing for a formidable opponent who's on their level. This is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big one. Let's get to one last quote from Coach Vegan on the essence of the cross-country non-conference matchup where there's not a lot of experience involved. I think that's the, the beautiful thing about this time of year. You do get these cross um, cross conference, cross country matchups, and uh, I think you got to do your best um, of watching the video and, and assessing what you what you think it looks like, um, and uh, you know certainly holding your opponent that, that becomes one of one of eight now in very high regard. Um, and there's certainly some. Uh, allowing it to play out at the early stages of the game. Um, I, I know that's part of it. But, you know, I think you can you can really assess what you see schematically. Um, you can make your best judgment on what what they are like as individuals physically. And then you got to go out and, and really still be more worried about what you do and, and how you play. And, um, you know, but there is certainly that element of kind of figuring some of that out as you go. Um, but they're a good, they're, you know, William Mary's a really good team, and that's apparent. And, uh, you know, to, yeah, to get caught up in trying to sort out any comparing of scores and any of that, that's, that's not worth anything at this point in time. A lot of good gems from Coach Vegan in there. Just to mention his last little bit there about comparing scores and all that, couldn't agree more. It's one of those things. I started looking up William and Mary, who they played, the stats. It's so hard without looking at the film, going at the scores. They call it, you know, if you watch MMA and all, they call it MMA math. Just because somebody beats somebody else doesn't mean they're going to beat the next opponent. So it doesn't always work out like that. It's, it, it's not a perfect math. So the next thing I really like from Coach Vegan, he mentioned in there, at the end of the day, you you got to focus on yourself. You are playing a new opponent. You are playing somebody you're not experienced against. But you can control some things just by focusing on yourself, those internal factors. Don't make mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. Take care of the football. Those little coaching things that, you know, coaches are spewing for, from day one of football, 
Those are going to be the things that you can't control. William and Mary has to go across the country. They're on the road, playing in a different environment, in the cold. That gives the Bobcats the edge. If they can take care of those factors, they can control. And the last part that really stood out, I like what he said about that feeling out process early on, kind of getting a feel for each other. This could be one of those games where you have two powerhouse rushing attacks that both teams have nothing to hide. They they know we are coming into this game looking to run the football. William & Mary runs the football well. The Bobcats, we've talked all year about how great they run the football. So it's going to be a styles make fights, two strengths going at it. Who can kind of get that advantage early? Because in my opinion, if one team jumps out to an early lead in a battle of the rushing games, that could be a big thing. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for Friday night going to be a nationally televised game. Coach Vegan mentioned, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully this time next week, like I've been saying, we're talking about a Bobcats victory, a lot to digest in the big sky. We are going to be getting into a little Grizzlies pre, uh, excuse me, postseason. God, I can't believe it's already the postseason. almost said preseason, but a little postseason roundup soon enough, a little season recap. But for the Bobcats, they're alive. They're one of the final eight, and they're a couple wins away from another trip to the FCS title game. We'll see how it goes for the Bobcats and Bozeman, see if they can extend that FCS home winning streak to 20 games. A lot on the line. I like that demeanor from Coach Vegan. That team is rolling. Tommy Mallott and Sean Chambers had great performances versus Weber State last week against a team who has seen them before with some experience on film and in person. So I give the edge to the Bobcats in this one. I do lean towards them taking care of business. But after listening to those quotes from Coach Vegan, there's no denying they are not taking this matchup lightly. William & Mary is going to be a great opponent. And knowing that they can run the heck out of the football has to put the pressure on Montana State a little bit because you don't want to get down because Montana State knows as well as anybody. When you start seeing multiple looks from a team who can run the heck out of the football and like Coach Vegan mentioned in the press conference, they utilize multiple guys at the quarterback position. They utilize a lot of pre-snap motion, that kind of stuff. You don't want to get in that guessing game down 14 nothing early where you're hoping to stop the run and all of a sudden William and Mary's pulling some tricks out of the hat you want to be the one pulling the tricks out of the hat so it's going to be a matter of who sets the tempo early who sets the tone might be a slow paced first half for the Bobcats look for them to really let loose in the second half all right everybody thanks as always for tuning in thanks again to Fritz that was awesome and hey we'll see how the Bobcats do I'm excited it's going to be fun few wins away from another trip to the big one thanks again to nomad gcs for all the support thanks again to everybody for checking it out have fun one